0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: Mojo 5 0. Standing Ground is a production of Leahy Media.
5: The first face-to-face meeting between President Trump and top Democrats since the impeachment inquiry began did not go smoothly. No, the Democrats <laughs> walked out yesterday, oh. claiming the president insulted House Speaker Nancy Pelosi during a briefing for congressional leaders oh. on the deteriorating military he does, situation he does in that. Syria. The president tweeted this photo from the meeting, showing a moment of confrontation between the speaker and the president. <laughs>
6: If you haven't seen the photo um, that was released by the president to give you the visual, well, just go Google it. Um, it's Nancy Pelosi standing up in the cabinet room, pointing her finger at the president, and he's leaning back in his chair, and you can just see the venom. <laughs> uh, no, uh, The meeting did not go well. Uh, it did not involve impeachment. We're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, everybody's becoming unhinged on both sides. I'm becoming unhinged uh. <laughs> all right we're, we're gonna we're gonna divulge a little bit into this uh, we will not consume the entire program with it uh, Syria impeachment but when you think about it, it it is really all about impeachment and it is about getting Trump okay this is mojo Five O radio it is about 10 o'clock on the East Coast okay seven on the west coast uh, I am Jeremy Leahy this is standing ground my email standing ground 1776 at gmail.com. Standing ground one seven seven six at gmail dot com. Let's get our Syria impeachment, whatever you wanna call it. Show
4: on the road. Jeremy Leahy is on. A man that's been accused of being pretty much everything.
3: Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it.
4: Welcome to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy.
7: I don't know Jeremy. Never met him. I think that he is, from where I come from, somewhat of a negative force.
4: Informative, controversial, clever, and yes, maybe sometimes just not normal. It's
8: such a fine line between stupid and... Club of
4: yes, you said yeah, true. Mm-hmm. Direct and to the point. You are talking about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. A man with a mission. As annoyed
0: as you might be about his zinging descent, he's so utterly charming, so... Amusing, so sometimes outrageous.
4: Email Jeremy now at standingground1776 at gmail.com. Barbaric! That's standingground1776 at gmail.com. Christ, I met
7: some dumb bastards in my time, but you outdo them all. Get over there!
4: Jeremy Leahy is on. Looks
7: like I picked the wrong week for smoking.
4: A boy simply trapped in a man's body. This
7: is a real, decent, fine boy. <laughs>
4: Strap yourself in for a two-hour cascade of candor. Confidence is high. I repeat, confidence is high. This is Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. It's like I took the wrong week to quit on foot Articulate, thought-provoking, insightful, and fun. You
8: obviously have a wonderful economy with words. I look forward to your next syllable with great eagerness. And now,
4: Jeremy Leahy. It's a strong drink. A show packed with politics, current events, humor, insight, and sometimes...
7: With ridiculous bullshit.
4: This is Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy. Inside this room, all of my dreams become realities, and some of my realities become now, here's Jeremy Leahy.
0: Top Democrats walking out of the White House irate and insulted.
4: We witnessed up. on the
0: part of the
9: yeah. president was yeah. a meltdown. He
4: said that the there are communists involved and you guys might like that. When he started <laughs> calling Speaker Pelosi a third-rate politician. Well, I
0: said, I wish you were a politician, Mr. President. <laughs> House Speaker Nancy Pelosi abruptly leaving that meeting on Turkey and Syria. Did the impeachment inquiry come up in these conversations at all? No, it didn't come up. It did not come up, not at all. Republicans frustrated. When there is a time of crisis, Leaders should stay whether they like what is said or not. The president, hours earlier, going after the most powerful woman in Congress.
7: She's uh, created a phony witch hunt, another one. First one failed. They're all failing.
0: Even with an international crisis in Syria, the impeachment investigation remains the backdrop to the back and forth between the White House and House Democrats. As Pelosi announces, she will not hold a vote to formally open an impeachment inquiry like the Trump administration wants.
6: Right. And And the reason they want that so that they can call their own witnesses. Like I said last week, you want to impeach him and throw him out. Let's get the ball rolling. Let's do this thing. Let's get a vote to the floor and let's get it over to the Senate and let's have a trial and let's just get the whole damn thing over with. But you see, they're going to play politics with it because the idea is they know they can't remove him. So what do they want to do? They want to damage him politically and hopefully uh, help him in his re-election bid. Uh, just watching just off topic watching on the television here can we just pipe in this is the this is the first all female spacewalk uh, uh, conducted by nasa can we can we just pipe into it
0: green hook is on the red reel copy check green hook closed and locked and release the red
6: i see one of them is holding a bag from victoria's secret <laughs> green
0: hook <is> closed and
4: <laughs> no, it's locked
6: terrible, but... it's terrible
4: check it on the red
6: all right, so there...
4: Copy.
6: Okay, well, that's cool. This There's this there's this app you, you you can download and you Copy
10: can... Copy, retrieve yellow hook yeah. from SSRMS Lee Ford Tether Point. Stow it on your green reel.
6: Thank God she's got the yellow hook. All right, well, anyway. Um, interesting stuff. Hey, good for them. Well done, ladies. Uh, NASA's first all-meet, all-female spacewalk. Well done.
11: As you can um, see from this view,
9: Christina but, Cook has gotten out of uh, her foot restraint on the robotic arm and has ooh, been working on getting her, her safety tethers <laughs> into a good configuration so that right, she can I let
2: her, uh, um, begin
10: working here on the port. All right, thank side you. We'll,
6: we'll jump out of that now. But well done. She and just. Okay. Uh, anyway, more more on impeachment uh, in the second break. Okay, this is Mojo Five Zero Radio now on iHeart Station. I am Jeremy Lee. This is the Saturday evening edition of Standing Ground. All right. Well, as you could hear there in the opening, there was a a, a bit of a spat in the cabinet room at the White House where uh, Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump uh, had, uh, they they went at it and. The, the the Dems the Dems stormed out, went into the White House uh, driveway, and had the following presser.
4: Tell ISIS, if on a phone call on a whim, the president is going to undo
7: all of that and turn this over to the Turks and the Syrians. I have served with six presidents. I have been in many 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 meetings like this. Never. Have I seen a president <laughs> treat so disrespectfully a co-equal branch of the where,
9: government of where, the United where, States? Where have you been? Uh, I,
8: I. Okay, so, uh,
6: yeah, the, 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 the powwow in the, in the cabinet room was about Syria. Okay, Syria, my question is as simple as this. Since when do Democrats want to be embroiled in the Middle East? they themselves have used the same rhetoric over the years that why should the united states be involved in these endless wars it's it's not a it's not a type of situation where for instance the civil war as an example right came to an end uh lee and grant met at the appomattox courthouse they signed an agreement and the war was over uh the emperor of japan or his his liaison met with General MacArthur aboard the Missouri and Japan surrendered and the war was over. In Vietnam, there was the Paris Peace Accord and as Richard Nixon said, peace with honor. This is a situation where you are not going to be able to negotiate with an ideologue or ideologues I should say. Now, I, I understand the argument as it relates to the ISIS matter but the question is this. I, I know so many people Over the last several years that have said to me, I'm paraphrasing, we have no business being in Syria. We have no business being involved there. We have no business. It's it's a bloodbath. Uh, It's a waste of money and a waste of life. Uh, Turkey needs to be handling this, and we need to get out. All those people in my life that I know have now completely done a 180-degree turn, and they want troops in Syria in essence, they want what? War. Ask yourself this. What if you what if Barack Obama decided to pull out of Syria? This is what you'd hear coming from Chuck Schumer. I admire the president's decision today to begin the withdrawal troops from Syria and for us to get out of this endless war. Uh, uh, Madam Speaker, would you like to say a word? Uh, yes. I, I, I President Bush should have done this uh, uh, years ago. Um, And I'm glad we now have a president who has the intestinal fortitude uh, to to do this. So it has nothing to do with ISIS. It has nothing to do with Syria. It has nothing to do with uh, with Turkey. It has to do with Donald Trump. Just like I talked about a couple weeks ago when Trump went into North Korea and they called it window dressing. But if Barack Obama did it, they'd be screaming Nobel Peace Prize. Donald Trump cannot do anything, anything, no matter how good it is, without them jumping on him about it. At the center, you were saying, I've never seen a president act so disrespectfully. Well, uh, it's Donald Trump. Where have you been for the last three years? So what does this all come down to? It's very simple, right? Everything that they get on Donald Trump about has nothing to do with what they're getting on him about. They're getting on him about it because of the two, Only two things matter. all All that's on their mind is what? One, he beat Hillary Clinton. And two, what else? Roe versus Wade. The only reason they're trying to remove him from office is they are scared shitless. They don't care about Syria. They don't care about ISIS. They don't care about Turkey. And most of them don't care about our troops. When you think about it, they care about destroying donald trump because they know that donald trump has the propensity to a be reelected or be reelected or in his first or second term get another supreme court justice on the court on the high court supreme court and get roe v wade overturned or the court will hear it what what are these people these people are th- these democrats are what they are domestic enemies of the constitution they have completely lost their cookies. They're in November eighth, two thousand and sixteen mode. They will never get over it. They've convinced themselves that he stole it and that he cheated. and they will they will stop at nothing to do anything to destroy destroy his presidency and spit in the face of the electorate and run perpendicular to their own oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States for trying to remove him from office for doing something that does not rise to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor or treason or bribery. These people, I'll say it, are so full of shit right now, it's amusing to watch. And not only them, but their supporters and their constituents have completely reversed their positions that they've had for the last 20 years on U.S. involvement in the Middle East. The whole, we have no business being in there. We got to get out of there. And now we are, and they're having a connipt shit. And the reason they're having the connipt shit is because Donald Trump has what? He has fulfilled his campaign promises. And one of his campaign promises was what? Get out of Syria and get out of these endless wars. And now he's doing it, and they're all up in arms. Now, I'm going to play you a cut. This is from 2017. This is a a member of parliament, the British parliament, by the name of Nigel Evans, who got up in committee and really summed it up in a very distinguished and forthright way in explaining to the parliament, you know, I'm sick of everybody bitching about Donald Trump winning the election. And he really put it all together and said it quite well. So why don't we go to cut five? This is from 2017. And this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about when it comes to Donald Trump and how dare he do what he said he was going to do. All right, uh, go ahead. This is, once again, Nigel Evans of uh, the British Parliament.
8: For those who find it difficult to understand that the American people uh, voted for Donald Trump, get over it because he's president of the United States. And what I would say for all of us here, and this actually includes uh, myself, is that we have to ask ourselves, why is it that people felt so left behind that they've made made the democratic decisions that they've had, which we um, uh, think we can't understand some of us. How how can you possibly vote for Brexit? How can Uh, you possibly vote for uh, Donald Trump? And the fact is that the people have. These were the forgotten people. And just like we had the forgotten people in the United Kingdom, there are the forgotten people in the United States of America. They're the ones that packed that stadium on Saturday to cheer. Donald Trump after his first first month in the presidency, because actually they like what he says. Now, we may not like some of the things that he says, and I certainly don't like some of the things that he said in the past. But I do respect the fact that he stood on a platform Mm. which he is now delivering. He is going to go down in history as being roundly condemned for being the only politician to deliver on his promises. <laughs> no, I know that is—I know that's a, um, a peculiar, a peculiar yeah. thing uh, in the politics that we're used to here. That politicians actually stand up for something and then deliver on them. But the fact is, he is, and I know that we can all go back and talk to the people that we know in our own little echo chambers. And that we, we all hear are the same things, but the fact is that there were 61 million people who voted for Donald Trump. And when we stand up in this country and then condemn him for being racist, and I've seen no evidence of that. Uh, I have seen no evidence of him uh, being racist or that they attack him in, in an unseemly way. We're actually attacking the American people, the 61 million people who voted for Donald Trump. If they wanted more of the same or the usual stuff, well, that was on the ballot paper. That's right. But they decided by the majority of states on the Electoral College, as it works, that they wanted Donald Trump.
6: That's the bottom line. And good for him for doing it. And I, I, I think I played that once or twice before on the program. Nigel Evans is this nonstop since November of 2016, whining and complaining about losing. She won the popular vote, as Kellyanne Conway said at the Harvard symposium. It's not the road to the popular vote. It's the road to 270. We did it and you did not. We looked at the map. You ignored it. (laughs) And Donald Trump won fair and square. And then, well, he was colluding with Russia. And then the report comes back and says, no, they weren't. And they go, oh, shit. Now what are we going to do? Oh, wait a minute. A whistleblower just said he called the Ukraine and, uh, wow, we'll just twist this like a pretzel and call it uh, extortion and quid pro quo. But we won't talk about Joe Biden's quid pro quo, will we? <laughs> um. Anyway, so that's where we are. I honestly thought by this point in his presidency that the Democrats would chill a little bit and say, hey, look, you know, let's. Let's get our, Let's get our shit together and let's beat him at the ballot box. but they really are nervous that they can't do that. OK, uh, the president was in Dallas. in case you haven't noticed, uh, the guy lights up a room. he can work a crowd. They go crazy. Uh, he moves people to tears, believe it or not. Uh, he packs these stadiums. See, Donald Trump's support, and not these are the people that are there, but there are a lot that aren't there, is that a lot of his support is very deep, but yet very, very quiet. Uh, The silent majority, as Richard Nixon used to refer to them. Okay, so let's go to um, some audio here of Donald Trump speaking in Dallas this past week.
7: Mexico's been great. Mexico today had 27,000 soldiers on our border. And we've stopped this horrible migration of people. And many of them are bad people. You know, when countries send them up, they're not sending their finest, okay? Use your heads. They're not sending their finest. You've got to see some of the people. But now we send them back. And by the way, ICE is fantastic. They've taken out thousands and thousands of MS-13 killers. They've taken thousands of killers and brought them back.
6: They love them. They go nuts. What what, what he's doing is he's hammering on his successes and he's been doing, well, you've heard the term, the continuous campaign. He's been nonstop saying, look what I said I was going to do. And guess what? I've done it. Okay, let's continue with the president in Dallas.
12: Whether
7: you are a first generation or 10th generation and every American citizen and you do. You've been treated so badly, but you're not being treated badly anymore. Do you know we got rid of the individual mandate from crazy Obamacare? <laughs> Every American citizen deserves a government that defends your jobs, your safety, your family, your borders, and is always loyal to you. For a change, we're loyal to you.
6: And that, and that's why I bring up the point of uh, people like Chuck Schumer, um, AOC, and Nancy Pelosi at all that are not uh there for defending their own self-interests w- what Donald Trump did as a game changer she said which what did she, we played that quote she said Uh, Mr. President, sometimes I wish you were a politician. Well, you see, that's the problem, Nancy. And the reason that he won is because the American electorate got sick of politicians, and they got sick of people like you. So along came Donald Trump from the outside, who had political experience, by the way. He never had elective office, but he had been been dealing with Washington for years. But you and the establishment, you pissed everybody off, and people got sick – of your of you protecting your own selfish interests and your little stupid agendas uh, and caring more about what bathrooms people use and gay marriage than you do about what's going on in North Korea and terrorists and killers coming in over the southern border and not being able to establish what? Priorities. And and that's what he drove home during the campaign of 2016, and that's what you brought you to this point today, where you cannot in any way give him credit for anything, and anything he does, you want to boot him from office. If you if the if the uh, impeachment fails on this stupid Ukraine phone call bullshit impeachment, as he calls it. Nancy Pelosi will find out that he had overdue library fees that are still unpaid at the Warden School of Business, and she'll introduce articles of impeachment. All right, with that, let's continue with the president in Dallas.
7: We believe that faith and family, not government and bureaucracy, are the true bedrocks of our society. We believe in the creeds of self-reliance, personal responsibility, and American independence. We believe that children should be taught to love our country, honor our history, and always respect our great American flag.
6: Never underestimate the power of Donald John Trump. They made that stupid mistake in 2016, and I think they're continuing to make it. Okay. In the next break, we're going to get into which is the story at hand because it's going to happen, and that is uh, the impeachment of the 20 – sorry, the 45th president, as the president referred to himself, the bullshit impeachment, which is exactly what it is. We're going to talk about the procedure, and we're going to talk about, uh, well, the president, believe it or not, even if they vote to remove, has some options that don't think he's not already considered or he's consulting with his attorneys about as to how he can possibly deal with it. All right. Um, this is Standing Ground. My email, uh, standingground1776 at gmail.com. That's Standing ground 1776 at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, Once again, if you've missed my show or shows past, you can always get me on Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, or on uh, Apple iTunes. These shows are dated. uh, They go way back um, from front to back, and you can just go ahead and pull up and listen at your leisure. Okay, so that's it. We'll wrap up the hour with the crybabies walking out of the meeting and acting like a bunch of uh, imbeciles in front of the American people and exposing themselves for what they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll, be right, we'll be right back. <laughs> Top Democrats walking out of the White House, irate and insulted. We witnessed on the part of the yeah.
9: president was yeah. a meltdown.
4: He said that the there are communists involved and you guys might like that <laughs> when he started calling... Speaker Pelosi, was a
2: third-rate politician. Which I and-
0: said, I wish you were a politician, Mr. President. <laughs> House Speaker Nancy Pelosi abruptly leaving that meeting on Turkey and Syria.
7: I'm stepping out.
13: makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. And if you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world.
5: JDRF.org. Rusty, stop bouncing your knee. You're shaking the floor. What are you talking about, Leroy? I'm just sitting here. That's not me. Well, what's vibrating the floor?
9: Coffee. Coffee, coffee, coffee. I love American bread roasters. Coffee.
1: Chris, how much coffee have you had, man? I can see sound.
9: Be right back. Order
10: today and you can get our once-in-a-lifetime, everyday low price.
9: AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That's AmericanPrideRoasters.com.
1: Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them. And I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org. M25m.org.
4: Welcome back to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy here on Mojo 50 Radio.
7: I hope it'll be all over television, radio, and the newspapers.
12: Congress is returning to Washington for a work period that will be filled with important to-do items. But we already know what will top the agenda over in the House of Representatives. House Democrats are finally indulging in their three-year-old impeachment obsession. Three years? Full steam ahead. So, Madam President, now that Speaker Pelosi has finally crumbled (laughs) and allowed her left-wing impeachment caucus to dictate the House's actions. I don't think many of us were expecting to witness a clinic in terms of fairness or due process. But even by their own partisan standards, House Democrats have already found new ways to lower the bar. This is about the most consequential process the House of Representatives could possibly engage in. Overruling American voters and nullifying an election.
6: Okay, so moving forward, it appears now that the House, most likely, in my opinion, is going to impeach the president and will head over to the Senate uh, for, yes, the great trial.
14: Bring Mr. Trump before us over his disgusting and sophomoric phone oh. call to the Ukrainian leader. <laughs>
8: Um, I'm
6: having a lot of fun with this because you have fun with something called what? A joke. (laughs) And Mitch McConnell is right. I mean, it's been it's been a since the day he took office or even prior to that. It's just been an obsession with the Democrats is, well, we don't like him. So we'll just try to figure out a way to, to throw him out. Okay, well you know civics 101 i mean most of you probably understand this but the impeachment when it it, it happens in two phases it the house makes its own rules as to how they're going to proceed and then the senate makes its own rules jerry ford once famously said impeachment is whatever the house says it is now uh I, I i get sick of saying it but it's simple you just go to the constitution you open up uh, you go to article 2 section 4 and it says um treason bribery and other high crimes and misdemeanors um so uh, and then of course being a crime you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt into all moral certainty uh that the individual has indeed committed a high crime and misdemeanor or treason or bribery so uh, there you have it well the issue is this, where we're at with this is that right now, in my opinion, they don't have an impeachable offense. They're just dragging it on as long as they can to see if they can find one. All right. Well, Mitch McConnell, when was asked about, hey look, you know, if this if this does happen, which it's going to, in the House and they do impeach him, how do you how do you plan on proceeding? To to which his response was it will be very speedy. Um, there, There is a chance, I, I was listening to an interview yesterday, believe it or not, on NPR, where someone had indicated that under the Senate rules, they could actually dismiss it uh, with a simple majority vote. But anyway, switching gears for a moment, where I believe this White House is going wrong, and I've, I've always felt with this whole matter, is, look, you're not going to shut Trump up I mean that is just that's a foregone conclusion the man is going to say what he wants to say but the other day acting White House Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney who I like very much and I think he's a bright guy uh, went out into the White House press briefing room to give a gaggle and uh, why don't we just go ahead and play it I think it speaks for itself okay cut nine please
0: from the White House, Chief of Staff Mick Mulvaney, on one hand, refuted the idea that President Trump ever held up Ukraine aid money to force an investigation into former Vice President Biden. The money held
2: up had absolutely nothing to do with Biden.
0: But he then said this about whether the president tied that aid money to a different investigation about Democrats and his 2016 election.
2: Did he also mention to me in the past the, 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 the the corruption related to the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. Um, but that's it, and that's why we held
9: up the money.
0: Democrats, like House Intelligence Chairman Adam Schiff, heard an admission of
9: abuse of power. Things have just gone from very, very bad to much, much worse. What a crock of shit this um, is. It really is. The, the idea that is- vital military assistance would be withheld for such a patently political reason, uh, <laughs> yes. for the reason of serving the president's reelection campaign, uh, is a phenomenal breach of the president's <laughs> yes. duty to defend our national security.
6: Okay, I mean, I, I mean, I, I I do believe the whole thing is a crock of shit, but why are they sending Mick Mulvaney out to speak? Actually, shame on me. I don't even know who the acting press secretary is right now. What he did when he made that statement about the server and the investigation and why the money was held up, he just made matters you go out and you say something like that and what happens? Yeah. I mean, the press just runs with it. And I don't blame them. I mean, being the leftist that they are. Um, As I said from the very beginning, the best strategy right now for the White House, and that is when impeachment comes up, not talking about the president per se I was talking to reagan ronald about this yesterday but not the president because like i said earlier you're not going to shut him up but just don't talk about it or for instance a if mick mulvaney had handed that handled that question properly it would have been simply look we've already responded to all this um next question it, it the more the more they talk about it what he did there is he he took the hook and he threw it right into the pond and the fish came swimming and now of course it, they harped on it and said well, he held up the money and then now he's saying later that it was misconstrued which, which it probably was but what did he think was going to happen when he made that remark and what did he think CNN was going to do with it Like Chris
15: Cuomo. The president sent his acting chief of staff to take on the media and he had a simple message. Yeah, we held up aid to Ukraine, but we did it so they would investigate the DNC and 2016 election interference. So it was a good quid pro quo. Listen. Did he also mention to me in the past that the, 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 the corruption related to
2: the DNC server? Absolutely. No question about that. Um, but that's it, and that's why we held up the money.
7: But to be clear, what you just described is a quid pro quo. It is funding will not flow unless the investigation into the into the democratic server uh happened
2: as well. We we do we do that all the time with foreign policy. And I have news for everybody. Oh my god.
15: Get over it. There's going to be political influence in foreign policy. No, no, no. It's not about political influence in foreign policy. It's about the political influence used for personal gain in foreign policy. By the way, the DNC server gambit, it may be a debunked conspiracy theory, but it wasn't a bad cover story for the president because it made his action in Ukraine about something other than wanting to go after Biden. But that gotcha about the quid pro quo obviously got stuck in his head. Again, only in the age of Trump, Mick Mulvaney tried to pretend he never said... What you just heard him say, quote, once again, the media has decided to misconstrue my comments to advance a biased and political witch hunt against President Trump. Let me be clear. There was absolutely no quid pro quo between Ukrainian military aid and any investigation into the 2016 election. There never was any condition on the flow of the aid related to the matter of the DNC server. That's a lot of words
6: so what does it come down to and i'll say it mick mulvaney screwed up and then he tried to backpedal and say well no now the one thing that he said which is i believe to be true and accurate and that is there's always political influence when it comes to foreign policy that goes back to the founding that's the way it is What's happened is, is that the press has taken this – well, first, they would take um, – like I said before, if Donald Trump had any overdue library fees uh, from the Warden School of Business that he never paid, they would turn it into an impeachable offense. What, what President Trump has done, all presidents have done at some point during their tenure, and that is, yeah, engage in some form of a quid pro quo or say, look, if you don't do this, you're not getting that. I mean, it, it, it's I, I'm getting sick of playing it, but you'll never hear Chris Como play this cut of Joe Biden.
11: Um, I remember going over convincing our team or others to convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over for, I guess the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and, uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. The one so that was investigating had, his son. They're walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, uh-huh. I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here, and I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Whoa. Oh, son of a bitch. Got yeah. fired.
6: Okay, so I I don't know what that is, right? Quid pro quo, Joe. I I don't know what that is. So, in other words, I'm look to, to put it simply. If the argument is you're going to impeach Donald Trump for the phone call where he made, where yes, he alluded to withholding money unless Biden was investigated. One could make the plausible argument that Joe Biden as vice president should have been removed for doing the same thing. So when Joe Biden's out on the campaign trail, which isn't going to be much longer, (laughs) I got to weigh in on that in a minute. Hang on a minute. Is when he's out on the campaign trail, I mean, and he goes out and he starts talking about using his position as president of the United States to influence a foreign government. In an election or whatever, or or for personal gain, I should say, what the hell was he doing when he said, "I'm going to withhold"? By the way, by order of the president, because he said, "Hey, call Barack Obama." So that that implicates Obama in the whole matter. Is to say, um, I'll give you the billion dollars when you get the prosecutor off my son's back. So I I don't I mean I don't know. For instance, I, I'm not and, and I'm not saying that Joe Biden should have been impeached over that, but I'm saying is that. In the end, it has to do. It's all politics. It's all politics. If if Joe Biden, CNN, if Joe Biden was caught, we'll forget Joe Biden. We'll take um, we'll take any Democrat. Mayor, if Mayor Pete was caught on video stabbing a newborn baby to death, uh, Anderson Cooper would come out and say this. I mean, isn't this an issue of self defense here? Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's basically how bad it's gotten with the media and how biased they are. So don't ever, don't ever, when you turn on the news and look, we we have Fox news, which is conservative. I don't deny that, but don't tell me that these networks don't have an agenda to the point where they twist the law like a pretzel and they give some people a pass or most people on the left a pass. I was watching – we'll get into this in the next break. There, well, there's there's so many different examples of how the media will apply one standard in a situation and then they completely flip when it comes to someone else. We talked about at the top of the hour the, the, the picture of Nancy Pelosi in the Oval Office standing up and – pointing her finger at the president of the United States. And all these people go on TV and say, that will go down in history as being one of the most iconic photos for the feminist movement. A woman standing up in a room of men, pointing her finger right at the president of the United States. Well, it was funny because I was listening to Tucker Carlson on the way home last night from work. And he was talking about how, I forget her name, There was a Republican governor, I think it was the Republican governor of Arkansas. No, sorry. Strike that. Arizona, and Obama came down. It was an immigration policy, and she looked at him. She was angry because she felt that he was coming down with a sense of over encroachment on states' rights. And she pointed her finger at him and said, "Don't tell me how to protect my state," which is fine with me because we're a um, we're a republic. We're not he. She's the governor of the state, and she she she'll protect her state the way she see, sees fit. And he played all these cuts of all these people on the left going. How disrespectful to point your finger at the One of them said, regardless of who the president is, you never point your finger at the president. It was so disrespectful. Now, all of a sudden, Nancy Pelosi gets up and they want it to be in the um, in the annals of the most iconic pictures in time life. So that's just one example. So, I mean, I, I can't I can't I can't deny that, you know, Trump is one of a kind. And you can see how temperatures rise and people's tempers flare. Whatever, but at the end of the day, Donald Trump is the president of the United States, and regardless of how he's how he acts, you don't get up and you don't point your finger in his face. You know, there was also a reporter who uh, was at a Barack Obama press conference years ago and began to do pretty much what Jim Acosta did to Trump at that infamous press conference when he kept pushing him on an issue, and the press um, they called him a heckler. They called him disrespectful. They called him rude. But Jim Acosta did it. And what? Let's write to a free press. And then Jim Acosta had his credentials pulled. And then a federal court reinstated them, which I'll never understand that decision. But anyway. um, So those are just a couple of examples. I mean, I could go on. We we could do 10 shows on this stuff. How they just completely distort and apply certain standards to, to different people actually you know what why not i got time let's keep going when 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 donald trump was accused of um groping a woman at 35000 feet on an airplane the press went nuts and it, there was wall to wall coverage and she was interviewed on jessica leeds was her name by the way changed her story 3 times i'm not saying it didn't happen i'm just saying there was no proof that it happened Wall-to-wall coverage, and she was interviewed. She was on CNN. She was on MSNBC. She was on NPR. She was interviewed by the New York Times, it, all over the place. But when Juanita Broderick accused uh, Bill Clinton of aggravated sexual assault in a hotel room when he was attorney general of Arkansas at age 38, it was they didn't even want to touch it, didn't want to go near it. And then Brett Kavanaugh gets accused and all of a sudden Maisie Hiroto comes out. She has a she has to be believed. You have to believe her. But Maisie Hiroto never got on Bill Clinton when Bill Clinton was accused of accusing – you know how many, how many times he's been accused of sexual assault? Something like 30 women. It's It's – you can always get a liberal on that argument and just say, where were you when this happened? So it's like saying – you say you're consistent and you believe in all these things. But this person was accused of doing it, and what did you do? You ran out the back door, or he said, uh, was it last on last week's show? Two weeks ago, it was a Wednesday show. No one is above the law, and then one particular former Secretary of State destroys evidence, conceals evidence, breaks the law from uh, a sunrise to sun sunset, and you never hear them say no one's above the law. I. I don't know. I, I mean, I, like I say, I could go on. All right. Uh, wrapping up the getting towards the end of this uh, break here. Uh, cat coolers. Have you heard of them? If you want to cool down, you never know when you need one, right? Even in the wintertime, right? This is a cooler that is so rugged, it keeps ice cold for up to seven days. That's right. Not seven hours. Seven days. Made in the USA. Customizable. Four different colors. White, black, yellow, and camouflage. I want you to go to catcoolers.com today catcoolers.com and when you check out use the promo code jeremy j-e-r-e-m-y jeremy j-e-r-e-m-y and get 10 percent off your purchase okay so go to cat coolers today and get the cadillac of all coolers rugged solid will last generation to generation to generation all the way down once again made in the usa keeps ice cold for up to seven days four different colors once again white black yellow and camouflage Go check them out, catcoolers.com and don't forget your promo code Jeremy J E R E M Y and get ten percent off your purchase. Okay, as a tease to the uh, to the next hour, the uh, uh, cut thirteen, please, Nora O'Donnell here. This is this is this is fun stuff. All right, go ahead.
3: Now to an extraordinary development in the presidential campaign. Hillary Clinton, the two thousand sixteen nominee, called Tulsi Gabbard, one of the current candidates, quote, the favorite of the Russians. Nancy Cordes is following this, and Nancy, what are we to make about all this?
10: Well, Nora, Hillary Clinton did not mention Tulsi Gabbard by name, but an aide confirms that that's who she was talking about when she made this stunning claim that the Russians had already hit on a way to meddle in the 2020 election, much in the same way they meddled in her election in 2016. On a podcast interview, Clinton said, quote, they're grooming her to be the third party candidate. She's the favorite of the Russians. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so. Clinton was referring to the fact that the Hawaii Congresswoman gets a lot of attention from Kremlin-linked media, just as Green Party candidate Jill Stein did back in 2016. This afternoon, Gabbard lashed back, accusing Clinton of trying to destroy her reputation and calling Clinton, quote, the queen of warmongers, embodiment of corruption and personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long. For now, most other Democrats are staying out of this fight. Gabbard, who is at 1% or 2% in most Democratic primary polls, has repeatedly said, Nora, that she does not plan to run as a third-party candidate.
6: Okay, we are going to get into this a little bit more, but you get the genesis of it, and that is, that's, well, that's just Mrs. Clinton, but this is one step where the Democratic Party is already trying to I mean, they're going after a Democrat saying that the that the Russians are already interfering in the election. And then if basically meaning that if Trump wins, basically that once again, they're going to say that it was Russian interference. So Donald Trump has to wake up every day and accept the fact that the the left is never going to accept the fact that he was a duly elected president. They'll never get over it. So what Mrs. Clinton does is she goes on this podcast and comes out with this outlandish conspiracy theory that Tulsi Gabbard is being groomed by Moscow and Putin. Um, it's it, – it goes beyond – it goes – well, look, I'm not really surprised coming from her, but a Tulsi Gabbard immediately fired back, and we've got some great audio, which we'll play um, in the next break okay so now housekeeping details as always my email standing ground 1776 at gmail.com standing ground 1776 at gmail.com this is mojo 50 radio uh now an iHeartStation. station you can listen to my shows uh if you miss them you can go back and listen to me on spreaker or on apple itunes they're all dated and they're all catalogs so you can go back and check it out all right so as as we wrap up this hour we've got the bull for us conservatives we got the bull coming at us right We've got the impeachment thing, and we've got the election. We get those two horns that we're dealing with, and it's this past week to me has been probably one of the most contentious. I, I, I just I, I think that Mrs. Clinton has picked a lot of fights, but I think she picked the fight with the with the wrong person. Tulsa Gabbard is she's thirty eight years old. She's highly intelligent. Uh, she has a great uh, a command of a particular situation. And when she went out on Twitter and she bit back, oh boy, and was basically saying, you see, you're the problem. You're the problem with this party. And this is why this you're 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 why we're having why we've struggled and why Donald Trump won. So, look, you know, I I have to tell you, I have people listen to me and they say sometimes, God, you know, you get on Hillary Clinton all the time. Well, I have to tell you, it's. I have to talk about it because every time you turn on the TV or you pick up the newspaper, she said something about somebody, or she said something asinine, or she's gone on some talk show, and she's who? Someone said to me the other day, she's wounded, or she's, and she's not senile, but she's not in good shape. She's 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 very depressed, and she's very angry. So what does she do? She comes out with these outlandish conspiracy theories about a democratic candidate who's being groomed by Russia. This Russia obsession thing, which we which which is very simple, the Mueller report came back and said what? There was no collusion between the Trump campaign and and Russia, and nor any other American tried to collude with Russia in the campaign. They just cannot accept the fact that it didn't Happen, so what they do is that falls off the cliff, and they move on to the Ukraine, and if the Ukraine falls off the cliff, they're going to move on to something else. It's you call the Syria the never-ending war. The, the press and the Democrats with Donald Trump is a never-ending war. Even after he's out of the White House, they'll still be going after him. I mean, when you think about it, I'm kind of I'm kind of going back to my teen years a little bit and kind of getting and then getting into my twenties or whatever, but. I always had a feeling as I kind of got into my 30s, I always got a feeling that someone like Donald Trump was going to come out of the woodwork and was going to go on and was going to fight the establishment and send them packing. And that's what happened in 2016 is he was able to convince the American people, haven't you had enough of these, quote, politicians and the American people said, yes. So, I mean, I never thought I'd ever see anything like this in my lifetime, even though it's great for radio. Now, Telsey Gabbard, I mean, she's getting a lot of a press over this. What's this, this little catfight between her and Mrs. Clinton? But I got to tell you, did you guys ever watch the debate where she absolutely destroyed Camilla Harris? It's it, it was absolutely beautiful uh she was so sharp and on the money and she got senator harris on the defensive and it was beautiful let's 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 actually let's go out with it all right
15: congresswoman gabbard you took issue with senator harris confronting vice president biden at the last debate you called it a quote false accusation that joe biden is a racist what's your response
3: i want to bring the conversation back to the broken criminal justice system that is disproportionately negatively impacting black and brown people all across this country today. Now, Senator Harris says she's proud of her record as a prosecutor and that she'll be a prosecutor president, but I'm deeply concerned about this record. There are too many examples to cite, but. She put over 1,500 people in jail for marijuana violations and then laughed about it when she was asked if she ever smoked marijuana. (laughs) She blocked evidence. She blocked evidence that would have freed an innocent man from death row until the courts forced her to do so. She kept people in prison beyond their sentences to use them as cheap labor for the state of California. And she fought to keep cash bail system in place that impacts poor people in the worst kind of way.
12: Thank
15: you, Congresswoman. Uh, Senator Harris, your response?
0: As the elected attorney general of California, I did the work of significantly reforming the uh, criminal justice system of a state of 40 million people, really? which became a national model for the work that needs to be done. And I am proud of that work. And I am proud of making a decision to not just give fancy speeches or be in a legislative body and give speeches on the floor, but actually doing the work of being in the position to use the power that I had to reform a system that is badly in need of reform. That is why we created initiatives that were about re-entering former offenders and getting them counseling. Right. It is why, and because I know that criminal justice system is so broken, that I am an advocate for what we need to do to not only decriminalize,
3: but legalize marijuana in the United
0: States. I
15: want to bring uh, Congresswoman uh, Gabbard back in, your response. The
3: bottom line is, Senator Harris, when you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row innocent people you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so totally there's no excuse for that totally. and the people who suffered under your reign as prosecutor oh you owe them an apology
6: beautiful that's what's known as an ass whooping all right i'm jeremy Lee. this is standing ground this is mojo Five Zero radio town hall news up next be right back
1: This is the seditious, rabble-rousing,
9: liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5-0. News this hour from townhall.com. I'm Ron DeRockstra. British lawmakers forced Prime Minister Boris Johnson's hand with a vote this afternoon to delay a decision on whether to back his Brexit deal. A letter was sent to the EU asking for an extension of the October 31st deadline along with a letter from Johnson arguing against it. Johnson says he's determined to leave on the promised date. I will not negotiate a delay with the EU. And neither,
1: and, and, and neither does the law compel me to do so. I will tell uh, our friends and colleagues in the EU exactly what I've told everyone in the last 88 days that I've served as prime minister. That further delay would be bad for this
9: country. Parliament will reconvene again on Monday to continue discussions. Florida Republican Congressman Francis Rooney has added his name to a growing list of GOP lawmakers not running for re-election in 2020. Rooney has served the 19th Congressional District in Southwestern Florida for two terms. Says he's tired of the partisan politics in Washington. Some 16 other Republicans have said their time in the Capitol is over. At a rally in New York today, Bernie Sanders says he's returned to the campaign trail following his heart attack and emergency surgery that took him off the Hustings. Oh.
0: I am back. The 78-year-old Democratic presidential candidate basked in the crowds in Queensbridge Park.
14: I am more than ready to assume the office of President of the United States.
0: The rally marks Sanders' formal return to the campaign trail as he tries to give his stagnant bid for the White House an instant shot of energy. Among those introducing the Vermont senator was Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who Sanders says will be on the campaign trail with him.
9: Julie Walker, New York. Meanwhile, the Astros lead the Yankees now. It's 3 2, bottom of the fourth. This is Townhall.com. We would like to remind all of our listeners that the views and opinions of the show hosts and their guests appearing on Mojo Five O Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of Cuddle Me Buff LLC,
5: its owners and partners, or this network. Thank you for listening to Mojo Five O Radio.
1: Mojo Five O.
13: Having an extra supply of food on hand is just smart. Some people call it prepping. I call it smart. You never know what's going to happen in this world. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com. You'll find out a lot of good reasons to have that food and some great prices.
5: MyPatriotSupply.com. Are you nearly maxed out in your credit cards? It doesn't matter if you're using your credit cards for fun or to survive. At the end of the month, your statements come in. And you can either pay them or you can't. If you can't, late fees and interest rates get tacked on. And now you're struggling just to make the minimum payment due. Do you feel trapped? Am I talking to you? Good, because i personally researched some companies that can help you. They may be able to reduce your credit card balances by 50% and stop the late fees. If you qualify, please call our special Debt Hotline number right now for a complimentary free five-minute consultation. Deal with your credit card problem now before it gets much worse. And
2: put more money back in your pocket. Trust me, I've been there too. Call right now. 800-380-4293. 800-380-4293. That's 800-380-4293.
13: Hey, it's Adrian Slade, and
9: you're listening to Mojo Five O. Live free.
4: You're listening to Standing Ground with Jeremy Leahy on Mojo Five O Radio.
7: That's enough. Put down the mic.
6: No, I'm not putting down the mic. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Sorry, Mr. President. All right. Okay, so I have a new woman in my life, and her name is Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii. She is a Democrat, but I really like her um, for multiplicity of reasons. Well, first of all, she is very attractive, but looks and intelligence together is really fantastic. Well, to me, she's sort of become a, 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 a household name to me now. Uh, I did not know much about her. Um, she's all over the news. And who handed her to the news, and that was the former Democratic nominee, who just can't seem to keep her mouth shut and get over the fact that she lost, went on a uh, a podcast and basically threw her under the bus, in essence called her a traitor. Now, last evening, she appeared on Tucker Carlson on Fox News, and she's just – the way – her delivery is so good, and the way she fought back – to um, the, uh, the witch from Chappaqua was great. So why don't we go ahead and roll that cut, please? It's cut, uh, cut 16, cut 16 off the cut sheet. This is going to be, this is Tucker Carlson with Tulsi Gabbard last night, and he does the setup nicely, so let's go ahead.
13: During a recent podcast, Clinton claimed that both Green Party presidential candidate Jill Stein and another unnamed Democrat are, in
3: fact, Russian agents, listen, making any predictions but I think they've got their eye on somebody who's currently in the Democratic primary (laughs) and are grooming her to be the third party candidate. She's the favorite of the Russians. Oh my god. They have a bunch of sites and bots and other ways of supporting her so far. She's she's lost. And (laughs) that's assuming Jill Stein will give it up which she might not because she's also a Russian uh, (laughs) (laughs) asset.
13: Hillary didn't name the Democratic Manchurian candidate, but it wasn't hard to guess who she meant. She was talking about Congressman Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii. Now, Nick Merrill, who's Hillary's spokesman, confirmed that interpretation. He said, quote, If the nesting doll fits, this is not some outlandish claim. This is reality, end quote. Keep in mind, this is the very same Nick Merrill who warned Ronan Farrow not to expose Harvey Weinstein's sex crimes. So. Consider that for context. Earlier today, Congressman Gabbard tweeted a response. Here's what she wrote. Thank you, Hillary Clinton. You, the queen of warmongers, the embodiment of corruption, personification of the rot that has sickened the Democratic Party for so long, have finally come out from behind the curtain. It's now clear that this primary is between you and me. Don't cowardly hide behind your proxies. Join the race directly. End quote congressman Gabbard is on the road campaigning tonight and joins us, I believe, from Iowa. Congresswoman, well, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, sucker. So, just to, to the factual point first, um, are you a Russian sleeper cell? <laughs>
3: Uh, look here. Let me tell you what this is about. Uh, this is about Hillary Clinton sending a very strong message, saying that because I am and have long been calling for an end to to our country's foreign policy of waging one regime change war after the next, uh, the likes of which we've seen in Iraq, in Libya, and ongoing in Syria, and because I'm calling for an end to this new cold war and nuclear arms race, that I am a Russian asset and that I am a traitor. To the nation that I love, and not only are they saying that about me, they are basically saying, sending this message out to every veteran in this country, every service member, every American, anyone watching at home who is fighting for peace and who is calling for an end to these regime change wars, this new cold war and arms race. They are saying that you are also a Russian asset, that you are also a traitor to this country. That's really what's happening here. But to
13: call someone—I mean, it's one thing to say I disagree with you, I think you're wrong, you know, you're crazy, even. But to say you're betraying your country—and by the way, I should remind our viewers—you're a veteran—but uh, but that any American is betraying his or her country is is a different level. I, I've never heard anybody at Hillary Clinton's level say something like that.
3: And the reason why she's doing this is because ultimately she knows that she can't control me. <laughs> that that i stand no, for true. i stand against everything that she represents and that if i'm elected president if I'm the democratic nominee and elected president that she won't be able to control me she won't be able to manipulate me she won't be able to continue to uh... work from behind the curtain to continue these these regime change wars that have been so costly. Uh, Thousands of my brothers and sisters in uniform were killed in Iraq, a war that she championed. Their blood is on her hands. Uh, I am calling for an end to these regime change wars. This is why she's speaking out strongly and smearing my character and trying to undermine my campaign. And just as she is doing this to me, this is what will happen to anybody who's doing the same.
6: Okay, first of all, right off the bat, kudos to her she handled this beautifully she hit it dead on and she bit right back and the the bottom, what the best part of her tweet was you know i'm paraphrasing well you know what why don't you just jump in the race you're going to go on podcasts you're going to call me a traitor and say that i'm an agent of putin or whatever that i'm being groomed by the russians why why don't you jump in the race if you're so, as they say, tough as nails, if you're so tough, why don't you jump in the race and let's go at it? It's she wants she wants to have her cake and eat it too, and go on podcasts and say all these things, but she doesn't have the the balls. Well, actually, maybe she does to jump in the race and say, you know what, I'm back in this again, and I'm going to take another shot of it and get ready to get whacked from every single angle everything going back to whitewater it's it is i i've never i've never in my life seen a candidate who lost an election to be more bitter and more in denial of how poorly they ran their campaign and in denial of the mistakes she made, in denial about how her campaign screwed up, so what she does is she her her medicine to dip her hand in the medicine jar is to go on a podcast and accuse a a Democratic presidential candidate as being a as Tucker Carlson said part of a Russian sleeper cell. I mean i i knew I knew she lost her cookies after she lost the election but when i heard when i heard her go on that podcast and ma- make those statements i'm saying to myself she she is become psychiatrically unhinged she's not okay she is one sick woman i wouldn't be surprised if bill said to her
14: what the hell were you thinking when you said that
6: i mean i i don't i don't know much more i can say on this it is, it's. I think it was Karl Rove himself said what I said. He went out and he said, "Well, look, you know, if you're going to go on and you're going to bitch about everything all the time, well, come on in and join the party, join the race." And you know what? She might, and that would be fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, Tulsi Gabbard uh, of Hawaii, good for you. I, I, I get, I get the feeling that Mrs. Clinton will probably. be back off. Well, you never know. <laughs> I just get a re- I get a real kick out of her sometimes. She really she is uh she really is entertaining. The shit that comes out of her mouth. It's it's beautiful. Uh all right. Uh cat coolers. What is a cat cooler? A cat cooler is a cat cooler is so rugged that it will keep ice cold up to 7 days. That's right, 7 days. It's made in the USA. Okay, no, it's not made in Russia, Hillary. <laughs> it's customizable, four different colors white, black, yellow, and camouflage. Now, you go to catcoolers.com, catcoolers.com, and when you check out, use the promo code Jeremy, J E R E M Y, Jeremy, J E R E M Y, and get 10% off your purchase. Okay, so go to catcoolers.com today, catcoolers.com, and get the Cadillac of all coolers that will last you a really long time. Rugged, once again, keeps eyes cold for up to seven days. Made in the USA, four different colors, white, black, yellow, and camouflage. Catcoolers.com, catcoolers.com. And don't forget the promo code Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, when you check out and get 10% off your purchase. Okay, Um, Elijah Cummings uh, passed away uh, this past week. <laughs>
3: Welcome
0: back. We have breaking news. Longtime Maryland Congressman Elijah Cummings has passed away uh, this morning at the age of 68. According to WBAL-TV, which is citing his office, Cummings, who was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, uh, where he still lived up to his death, represented Maryland's seventh congressional district since 1996. The son of former sharecroppers, he began his life of public service in Maryland's House of Delegates, where he served for 14 years becoming the state's first African-American speaker pro tem, uh, coming served as the chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. He is survived by his wife and three children. One- Be-
6: before I give my own personal eulogy <laughs> uh, to the late congressman, there was a great moment between him and former congressman Trey Gowdy during the Benghazi hearings a few years back. Uh, listen to this one. Let me set it up for you. This this. this this was the during the Benghazi hearings, and he got into a spitting match with Trey Gowdy. It ended up actually it was really entertaining. They went actually just to be clear about something. They were very good friends, um, but anyway, it was regarding Sidney Blumenthal's emails regarding his communications with Mrs. Clinton, and they went at it, and it was a very compelling moment. But anyway, I thought. It would be, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he, he's passed, but I thought it was kind of a an example of his style, and then I'll come back on and tell you what I thought of him. Okay, go ahead.
1: You sent two armed marshals to serve the subpoena on Mrs. Blumenthal's wife at their home without having ever sent him a request to participate voluntarily, which he would have done. Then, Mr. Chairman, you personally attended Mr. Blumenthal's deposition you personally asked him about the Clinton Foundation, and you personally directed your staff to ask questions about uh, Clinton the Clinton Foundation, which they did more than 50 times. Now, these facts directly contradict the statements you made on national television. This no, last that, no
14: no no sir. with all due respect, they do not. We're, we just heard. Email after email after email about Libya and Benghazi that Sidney Blumenthal sent to the Secretary of State. I don't care if he sent it by Morse code, carrier pigeon, smoke (laughs) signals. The fact that he happened to send it by email is irrelevant. What is relevant is that he was sending information to the Secretary of State. That is what's relevant. Now, with respect to the subpoena, if he'd bothered to answer the telephone calls of our committee, he wouldn't have needed a subpoena. Would the gentleman yield? I'll be happy to, but you, you need to make sure the entire record is yeah, correct, and that's Mr. Why, and that's
1: exactly what I want to do. Well, then go
14: that's ahead. I'm about to tell you.
1: I moved that we uh, put into the record the entire transcript of Sidney Blumenthal. We're going to release the emails. Let's do the transcript. That uh, way second. the world can see it. Well, we, we
14: we didn't. We the motion didn't. motion has been seconded. Well, we're not going to take that up at a hearing. We'll, we'll take Mr. that up Chairman, in a business I've consulted meeting. with the parliamentarian, and they have informed
1: us that we have a right to a recorded vote on that, on that motion. We want, you know, you, well, you ask, you ask you what, for the do truth, that. the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Well, that's what we want to
14: have. Put, let the, the world see it. Why is it that you only want Mr. Blumenthal's transcript released? Why don't you I want like the, to survivors? Have the survivors? The survivors? <laughs> even their names? Let me tell you something. that can't me all just Right now. The only right one you've now, asked for tra- is Sidney Blumenthal. That's only- the only one you've asked for. That and Miss
9: Mills. Cheryl Mills. Cheryl
14: Mills. That's not true. No, that's two out of fifty-four. Now, if you want to ask for some fact yeah, we witnesses, we asked for a recorded vote on the, on the the Bloomington. Well, you,
1: you said from the beginning we want the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Why don't we just put the entire transcript out there and let the world see it? What do you have to hide? Is
6: okay, Elijah Cummings. Um, uh, yeah, I guess I could say that he was somewhat of an icon in the American story, a uh, champion of civil rights. And I think fundamentally deep down, yes, a very good man. And I'm very sorry about his passing and my condolences to his family. But as I always try to be on this show is be truthful and honest with you. Um, Elijah Cummings was a baby. Uh, He was a sour puss. I don't mean to speak ill of the dead. I just mean to be truthful. It was his personality. Elijah Cummings was somebody who always had that look on his face of sourpuss. When Donald Trump uh, won the election, he did not show up for the inauguration, which is what? Well, he, turning his back on his country. Um, you're a sitting U.S. congressman. I think they all get formal invitations. You go. Now he, he's 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 one of many that that did the same thing, but. I'll I'll always remember him I, I always called him Sourpuss Cummings and I was it was almost like he, you'd see him in the in the committee hearings and he'd have this look on his face when he was on oversight and you you you, you expected to see like a bottle of of, of 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 apple juice and graham crackers and a pacifier for him cuz he was always whining and crying about something and everything Everything was racial. So so he's not alone on that one uh, among African-Americans who served in Congress. Everything was racial. Um, but anyway, um, sorry he's dead, but I just wanted to be honest and uh, tell you what, what I thought of him. Uh, I did not like him, uh, but I wished he lived another 30 years. Um, and I appreciate uh, his service to our country, and may he rest in peace. You see the the thing is when when we die, it's true, generally speaking, we want to hear we expect that when we're eulogized, we just hear the good stuff um we've always we've always had that fantasy in our minds if we could look down and watch our own funeral or memorial service, what would people say? And I, I think someone, especially who's a public figure. When they pass, you tell the entire story. Um, MSNBC and CNN would never bring up anything negative about Elijah Cummings. I mean, to, to, to the best of my knowledge, he had a pretty clean record, as far as I know. And um, If I'm missing something, someone shoot me an email. But it, it's, it's interesting. It's like when... Ted Kennedy died. Ted Kennedy was, I'll say it, got a memorial service that he didn't deserve. They they eulogized him and gave him this send-off like he was God himself, that he was the second coming, where Ted Kennedy was a deeply flawed person who had a lot of screw-ups in his life and never really learned from them and honestly, never really grew up. But when he went, they treated him like a king. Now, I was never opposed to Ted Kennedy getting a proper burial. And yes, it's fine that you know the president comes to me, I mean, Ted Kennedy was a long-time service in the Senate. But when I watched the memorial service, I wanted to puke it was, I mean, they, they never, anyway, I, mean, I don't want to get going on Ted Kennedy as an example. I think when these, these leaders, these public f- figures slip off this mortal coil, I want to see the entire story and not just the, just the, you know, the, the icing on the cake, I guess, or the cherry on top. We want to hear, for instance, when Ted Kennedy died, of course, they did, they bring up, they brought up Chappaquiddick, but the, the, he basically got a pass on his screw ups. I mean, look, when 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 Donald Trump passes, I, I was ta- it was funny. I was talking to my producer, Reagan Raudle last week about this. CNN was at war with George H.W. Bush when he was president. But when he died, they say, tonight, remembering an American hero. Now, look, I guess. It's nice that you want to say nice things about them, but it's like – it's the hypocrisy is just – I could go all over the place on this. But when Donald Trump dies, you can be rest assured his – in media, his – the testimonials will not be kind. It will be all – it will be 95 percent negative as it is 95 percent negative – in the coverage of his campaign and his election, so. Um, Lodge Cummings, dead at sixty eight. Okay, all right. I don't know if you guys heard, but the president is suing CNN. <laughs> who is he not? Who is he not suing? Okay, here we go. This comes to us from the Washington Examiner. Uh, uh, outraged by secretly taped anti-Trump comments attributed to CNN president Jeff Zucker and others at the cable network, President Trump's uh, campaign is vowing to sue the company for a substantial payment of damages. Uh, in a four-page letter to CNN, Zucker, and Executive Vice President David Villagante, I think I got that right, Trump attorney Charles J. Harder cited years of anti-Trump buys at the network and claimed the cable giant has broken its promise of excellence in journalism, say to myself, "Where do you mean? What journalism? It doesn't exist anymore." Uh, listing several examples from the just released uh, Project Veritas videotapes of CNN insiders describing Zucker's demand for impeachment above all else, Harder wrote that they are merely the tip of the iceberg of the evidence. My clients. Have accumulated over recent years. Um, he added, Never in the history of this country has a president been the subject of such a sustained barrage of unfair, unfounded, unethical, and unlawful attacks by so called mainstream news uh, as the current situation. Now, Project Veritas has, they've got these tapes of these producers sitting around at CNN. Um, being all anti-Trump and things it's like, okay, well, big surprise. I mean, CNN is liberal, like as much as Fox News is conservative. Um, is there a case here? No, I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. It's called Freedom of the Press. Um, what, C- what CNN does not ha- – they-, they have a right to be biased where there would be a case of maybe defamation is if they went on the air and they said something about Donald Trump that was patently false. Uh, much like the Lawrence O'Donnell situation, where he said that Trump was taking loans from Russian oligarchs and they had to backpedal very quickly. And of course, I think they did, they sued MSNBC. Yeah, Lawrence O'Donnell is on MSNBC, MSNBC and uh, sued them for saying something that's false and wrong. So. Uh, no, I don't see there being a case here. But nice try. I <laughs> get Donald Trump is probably getting ready to sue me for something. I don't. I love what he does. say. "I'm I'm looking into this. My attorneys are looking into this. something serious." But it's not. It's not illegal to be biased. I'm not defending CNN for being a shitty news organization. I'm just defending them under their First Amendment right and the free press. They have a right to to lean a certain way. Just like I have a right to come on this program and preach my conservative values and and say uh, things posthumously not very nice about Elijah Cummings, which, you know, I'll probably take some shit for But, you know, that's just the way that's the way the cookie crumbles. So, um, all right. Speaking of defamation lawsuits, and we're going to end the show with this, and I'm very sad to hear about this. It appears that a defamation lawsuit is moving forward against Alan Dershowitz, who we've had on this program many times. Now, my understanding is, is that he was accused, once again, underscore, accused of being wrapped up in the Jeffrey Epstein underage sex stuff. I want to be very careful because I'm going to use the word alleged, accused, whatever. One of his accusers who went on and said that she was forced to have sex with Alan Dershowitz, uh, he went and he called her a liar and she has sued him for defamation Ay ay. not good so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about defamation in the final break out of this issue with mr dershowitz i hope to god he didn't do this and i'll be honest with you if if it if it ever's proven beyond a reasonable doubt and he's ever charged or what's oh, like convicted of having sex with an underage girl i can tell you something right now he'll never be on this program ever again even if it's from a jail cell so um it's upsetting but i have to let it play itself out so we'll get into that a little bit um uh, just after the break. Okay, I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Mojo Five Zero Radio. Now, an iHeart station. My email standing standingground1776 at gmail.com. Standingground1776 at gmail.com. Be right back.
13: Makes you feel really good about yourself doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes.
4: JDRF.org.
13: It's something good you can do for the world.
4: JDRF.org. Hey, this is Stephen with Defenders Live, and I'm here with my digital cohort, my AI, Dylan Lyles. Hey, man, say hi.
9: I, I can't do that.
4: Yes, you can. Just, just say hi to the people.
13: No, I can't do that. But what I can do is tell everyone to make sure they tune in to Defenders Live Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, only at Mojo.com.
4: Mojo50.com? Obviously, a few more bugs to fix, but we'll get them fixed up, and it'll be raring to go Monday through Friday.
13: Our friendly, knowledgeable agents will give you free, no-obligation information, handle all the insurance paperwork,
2: and make sure your supplies are delivered directly to your door for free. Call U.S. Medical Supply 24 hours a day. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. 800-597-9323. Call right now. 800-597-9323.
7: I never had sex with her and the reason I'm saying it it's because it's true she I am saying to you I never met Virginia Jufre. I never had sex with her and the reason I'm saying it it's because it's true she on the other hand Virginia Jufre, has never and will never stand in front of any media and repeat her lie, saying that she did have sex with me, because she knows if she repeats it, she knows if she repeats it, she will be sued for defamation. So I think each of you has a responsibility to ask her to repeat in front of the media her false charge. I don't believe she will
5: ever
11: do it.
6: Okay. Um, That's Alan Dershowitz, who, as I said at the end of the last hour, has been on this program several times, and it's, it sickens me to hear these horrible allegations made against him. Um, but as a program, though this is a commentary, it is news, and I'm going to talk about it. Well, this is a tough situation. What basically happened was uh, Professor Dershowitz was accused, uh, well, this woman made a claim that she was forced to have sex with him. Is one of the Jeffrey Epstein things. He went on and he said that she's lying. And now what has ensued, so to speak, is a lawsuit against him for defamation for calling her a liar. Okay. And now, as of yesterday, there's been a countersuit with him <laughs> with his lawyer. <laughs> Imagine being Alan Dershowitz, his lawyer. I don't know. It'd be kind of an interesting thing is that they're counter-suing her. Well, here's what it all comes down to, right? If I had ever gone to law school, like you'd ever want me to be a lawyer, <laughs> the one area of law I would steer clear from, and that would be defamation law. Why? Defamation is very, very difficult to prove. Um. I mean look there there have been cases legitimate cases of libel and defamation that go through but it, it's simply this on both sides I'm looking at Mr. Dishwerts and and this one but it could be anybody to prove defamation you have to prove that the person said or wrote something about you that is not true and when they said it They knew it to be false or not true. And then you have to have, on your side, if you're the one who's suing them, you have to have something to present to the court, which is known as what? Injury. How have you been harmed by this? Now, there are certain exigencies to defamation. Public figures, which Alan Dershowitz is... By the mere fact that they're public figures, they don't enjoy the same protections that encompass defamation that you and I do. Well, me, maybe a little bit less, but I don't know. But it's, once you put yourself out there and you're in the public eye to a certain degree, you open yourself up to criticism. There was a... A famous lawsuit, it was Hustler versus Falwell back in the 80s, where Jerry Falwell sued Hustler magazine, Larry Flint, for publishing a sort of a mock uh, story about him getting caught masturbating in a barn or something on his property. And you will know, leave it to Larry Flint. And Jerry Falwell sued, and it went all the way to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said, look, you know, basically, You're Jerry Falwell. You're out there and you have to understand the fact that every so often someone's going to throw you under the bus and accuse you of doing something that you didn't do or whatever. Now, with this Dershowitz situation, I don't know where to go there because she's come out and she has claimed that she was forced to have sex with him. So we might be straying into a different area. Well, the issue is this. If you're going to go and you're going to proceed with a defamation lawsuit – you have to do a cost-benefit analysis, if you will. Put yourself in a situation right now in a hypothetical. Someone has gone out and they have called you or they've accused you of being a drug dealer or a drug addict or something really nasty, and it's totally not true. Okay, well, they may have whispered it into somebody's ear. Uh, it got around the office, whatever, And a lot of times, things like that just tend to be gossip, and gossip generally has a very short life because people, they they gossip, and then, then there's new, fresh gossip, and they move on to that. Well, you have to think, okay, so they called you this or that, which is not true, and say, for instance, you are injured by it. For instance, people... Don't want to be around you, uh, you're alienated in your community, you have all these horrible things happening to you. Well, that may be true, but that could be something that may kind of fade away with time. So you have to consider well, if I move forward with the lawsuit, what am I doing? I'm bringing more attention to the issue. Which then would cause more people. They see, what you're doing is you're now widening the lens on the accusation, and then it goes to court, and then it's in the papers, and then next thing you know, they're like, "Oh yeah, that guy who's the drug dealer." So, the the situation that Alan Dershowitz finds himself finds himself in here is pretty precarious because it's a terrible thing to be accused of uh I mean my my impression overall is that she's looking for money i mean that's i think that's her primary objective but that that being said look he's a very bright guy and he knows himself and he's weighing his options my impression is my belief is is that she's not telling the truth i mean i hope to god it's not true um that she may be looking for some type of out-of-court settlement of some kind. I don't know. You know, it's it's easy. For instance, it's out there. And, and now you can kind of understand where Alan Dershowitz is coming from because in the eyes and ears of many that are following this story, he's been labeled a sexual predator. Someone who's had a very long, distinguished career in the field of law and has had a very interesting life and all of a sudden here he is at age 80 and he wakes up and he's been accused of having sex with an underage girl so defamation is tough look when these these things happen when these stories become big news a lot of people come out of the woodwork and a lot of people come forward and say yeah this happened, that happened, this happened, that my understanding is with the Jeffrey Epstein thing that also Prince Andrew has been accused yeah, like they're ever going to get him. <laughs> so it's something that generally you do want to. You defamation is something you want to think very, very carefully about. I mean, for instance, look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump would have a very tough time in a defamation lawsuit if someone called him something, even if it is totally false. Um, well, actually, it varies. It varies. I remember during the campaign, there was someone that was getting ready to publish a story that Donald Trump had raped his first wife, Ivana. And before the story was published, I think within about – he got a tip and put about 30 lawyers on this publication and said, don't you even think about it. So – it, it it's it's a real tough area, especially for people in public life. Turns out that Ivana Trump had come out and said that never happened. My husband never raped me. She said that Donald, she said Donald likes it rough once in a while, but he's I I've I've always consented to him, and and that's not. It was just ridiculous. Um, so it's a it's a very for instance, you know, that we were talking earlier, Jessica Leeds, who made the accusation against him for. Groping her, he allegedly groping her on an airplane. He denied it, and maybe it's totally false, and that it, whatever. But is it really worth his time to sue her and just bring more attention to the matter? It, but yeah, look, if you go out today and you drop the name Jessica Leeds, you go the campaign of two thousand. I mean, people, unlike people like myself who, who are just news junkies, you drop the name Jessica Leeds, they're gonna go, "What? Who's that?" Because with time, memories fade and people just forget. If he goes ahead and sues her, it's going to be on the front page of the paper. So it's 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 one of those things that you just you – got to really weigh your options. But anyway, I, I hope this works out for Professor Dershowitz. And um, I think he's been steering clear of a – well, no, actually I shouldn't say that. He has gone on TV and he's still completely denying these allegations and saying that it's just completely ridiculous. So – uh, you know it's 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 just one of those things. We'll just have to wait and see how things play out. Okay. Um, on a personal note, I'm just getting towards the end of the program here. I want to let you guys know something. As you know, um, my show airs on Saturday evenings at ten to midnight, and then Wednesdays on at noon to two here, right on uh Mojo Five O Radio. Um, I sometimes I get into a bind. Because of my work schedule and I have to, I'll get, for instance, my show's pre-recorded and I have to go and I have to head out the door on short notice and sometimes, oh my God, I've only got two breaks in the can or three breaks and then the last one is a rewind. So. We're not in that situation uh, this evening. This is all fresh material. But to you, I just want you guys to understand that the situation I'm in is that I, I got a couple of people saying, oh, look, I heard the last break last week. It was like a week old. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Um, it's just one of those things that I intend to be tight on time. My time is very limited. And when I get a, a more streamlined, it's it's easier to do. Um, the thing is, see, the thing is when you do a pre-recorded feature, right, I could like on a day off on a Monday, I could record Wednesday's show. But what's the problem? Well, by Wednesday, it's something huge could happen or there could be a huge breaking story. And then I go, what the hell is he talking about? Why isn't he talking about this? Why isn't he talking about? Yeah, they've gone to the floor for impeachment. So you understand when I record the show, I have to do it as close to the news cycle as possible. And that's what I always try to do. I try to stay as up-to-date as possible on all this stuff. Okay, that being said, impeachment we will close like we started. Um, Be ready to be inundated with it for the next few months anyway. There's some talk that there's going to be a trial by Thanksgiving. I don't see that happening, but you never know. Uh, Mitch McConnell, who we talked about at the top, said he would ensure a very speedy thing. Look, guys, let's be honest. It would, you need 67 votes to remove him from office, okay? It, it, unless something really bad happens or you get a bunch to flip, it's just not going to happen. The other part of it, even if it does happen, and speaking of Alan Dershowitz, he told us here on the program, even if it, they do remove him, he could legally remain in office while he challenges it in the courts. So, in other words, if they could vote to remove him, but he could stay and hang around, or it could do one thing or say, pass the baton to Mike Pence as acting president, while I challenge this in the courts, and then when the courts come back and say that the removal was unconstitutional because what he did did not rise to the level of a high crime and misdemeanor, therefore he now needs to be um, reinstated as president, I guess, re-sworn in. There's so many different scenarios. Or if he does leave office, right, he does leave, and he, he says, okay, fine, uh, I'm leaving, that's it, and Mike Pence becomes not acting president, president of the United States, there's nothing stopping Donald Trump from what? Continuing with his campaign. So Donald Trump will be a real thorn in the ass when it comes to that. So, I I mean, as I indicated last week on the program, I just really think the Dems, the wrong thing to go after him on but what is true is politics is politics and during the quote inquiry what they're going to do is they're going to see well maybe or hopefully you know as Judge Janine calls him Adam the lying sack of Schiff <laughs> is that he will um, they'll stumble across something else that they'll be able to get him on I mean when you, when you look back for instance at Uh, Bill Clinton and the whole Ken Starr thing, right? Ken Starr was investigating a real estate deal. And in the process of investigating the real estate deal, Whitewater, he stumbled across this story that Bill Clinton was having an affair with an intern and attempted to get her to, well, did, lie in a civil deposition. Well, he just can't sit there and leave it alone, and then he moved along with it. And from there and there, the story then evolved, and more evidence was gathered and turned out that your president was obstructing justice, engaging a subordination of perjury and witness tampering. Then he lied in front of a federal grand jury. If you look at Richard Nixon, in the early days of Watergate, there really wasn't much of a story. I mean there wasn't – it was was known as a – called a third-rate burglary – A bunch of uh, wackos decided to uh, break into the Watergate Hotel and put uh, taps on telephones, which, by the way, they never got anything out of it. But anyway, that's why the whole thing was so damn sad Um, that it really was pretty much, as we say nowadays, a nothing burger uh, until these two young reporters over at the Washington Post kind of said, you know what, let's 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 stay with this. We may have something here and then found out later. Through their sources, uh, namely the one uh, deep throat, Mark felt there in the garage that the whole thing, uh, the witnesses were being bribed and it all led back to the White House and that Richard Nixon was ordering bribes. So right now, if we're going to take a snapshot and look at this, it doesn't it looks OK for Donald Trump I mean, he'll probably be impeached. But right now, it we're not looking at removal, but you never know. You never know what they may stumble a, um, across in the process. Now, to end the show, like I did in last break, where I think the Trump campaign is going around, for those of you who just joined the program, is that the White House itself is talking too much. They're saying too much. You can't control Donald Trump. He's going to go out. He's going to defend himself. He's going to say this bullshit impeachment and all that. I mean, that's, that's fine. But – I played the cut earlier of Mike Mulvaney went out and just it was a train wreck. I mean, the best thing, the way to handle this is, you know, guys, we've 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 stated our position on this and that's the way it's going to be. But they're going on. And the White House, to me, is making the impeachment a bigger story every day by going out and talking about it. I mean, I know he's going about his business. He met with the leader of China. He's doing all that. But everywhere he goes, he just brings it up and his staff brings it up. Anyway, that being said, I have a recommendation for all White House staffers, and that is what? They need to get themselves a cat cooler. What is a cat cooler? It is the Cadillac of all coolers, okay? Uh, It keeps ice cold for up to seven days. That's right. You heard me correct. Seven days. Rugged. Made in the USA. Customizable. Four different colors. White, black, yellow, and Camouflage. Okay, now, when you go to catcoolers.com, catcoolers.com, I want you to remember the promo code Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, and you will get 10% off your purchase, okay? Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y for 10% off your purchase, okay? Go to catcoolers.com today, catcoolers.com, and get your cat cooler. Once again, ice cold up to seven days. Never know when you might need it especially this time of year, right? For those of you in the uh, in the cold regions of the country, if you lose power uh, and you need something to keep your food from going bad, okay? Once again, go to catcoolers.com and don't forget the promo code Jeremy, J-E-R-E-M-Y, and get 10% off your purchase. You know, I was just thinking to wrap up the show. I hope you don't think I went too hard on Congressman Cummings. I, I, I'm just one of these people that feels that if people in public life, when they pass... I just don't have any problem telling them telling me telling you my thoughts of them and what I thought of them. I just didn't like him. And I'm very sad that he died and like I said earlier I wish he lived another 30 years. In my condolences to his children uh, his family. Um I'll say it. I mean I, like I said when Ted Kennedy died, I he was a dirtbag. I I <laughs> Oh boy. God knows what they're gonna say about me. I don't want to even know. You know, it would be it would be a a great experiment to to say like you're alive, but then you say, I wanna have my memorial service now and I get to attend it and watch and maybe even get up and speak yourself. I get up. Oh, he was a fine chap. <laughs> Everybody liked him. <laughs> you always have those catchphrases in in at eulogies. Everybody liked him. Everybody liked him. And then in the back, you someone was like, "The guy was an asshole." <laughs> so um, it's just it's just a it's just the fact of life. It's just the way things are. And that is that you, generally speaking, you don't. Um, You you, you have to accept the fact that, yeah, we all want people to say nice things about us, I guess, as we should. But in their minds, after they pass, you're not going to – they're going to be in their mind saying, well, that was a nice service. And they're going to go home and saying God, I remember the time that a-hole did this or that jerk or whatever. So, I mean, 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 Elijah Cummings was a public figure, and I I wanted to – Elijah Cummings, I wanted to address the issue. So, um, once again, I'm sorry that Sourpuss Cummings uh, has passed. Okay. Now, you know, I might get some emails saying, oh, you know, that was really insensitive and it was uncouth of you to to talk negatively of him after his passing and all this. And my response to the liberal who emails me like, "Okay, let's see what you say about Donald Trump when he dies. (laughs) You're not going to talk about his business successes and how he he, – absolutely um, defied all odds and what he did was absolutely incredible. You'll just go on and you'll just call him a racist and a bigot and a homophobe and uh, you'll, you, you know, yeah, all that stuff and then he didn't like Muslims and all that stuff. You will have one kind word to say about the man and you never know, like I say, he brings a lot of it on himself. Alright? Okay. Alright, so to, 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 to end where we started, the that, uh, to me the headline of the week was really the Democrats walking out of the cabinet room at the White House when they were going at it with them about the situation in Syria and I was thinking to myself you know <laughs> I think this is a pretty good joke um, that I wrote well I put some thought to it um, So the basically the situation is that Turkey now has been is going to have to deal with the situation and they're on their own so I said to myself well being the Thanksgiving season it would make sense that we'd leave turkey holding the pie
7: <laughs>
6: come on guys it's not that bad <laughs> get it turkey holding the pie ah, get it get it alright Um. so it, it turns out now that Nancy Pelosi has been getting all these cheers and "you go girl" for pointing her finger at him and getting up and walking out, and and a group of men and da da da. I tell you right now, if that was a conservative woman to Barack Obama doing that, well, actually, the one did get called out. How disrespectful that is! Uh, and then, of course, they went out and they had their they had their White House driveway whining session. Um, look, the thing is this. There, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, and Donald Trump are never going to get together on anything. It's just not going to happen. Why? Because Donald Trump doesn't budge. He, if you watch any time he's when he's let the press into those meetings, and he they'll say. Uh, you know, Chuck Trump say, well, no, the wall funding would come out right away. Donald Trump says, nope, sorry, Chuck. Nope, 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 nope. The wall, the wall stays. The wall stays. He's his his leadership style. I was talking to Reagan Ronald about this yesterday. My producer, my associate field producer is that if you walked into the Oval Office and said, Mr. President, look, I have some advice for you. Um, He, he would, would just say to you, get out of here. So yeah, I mean, I, I agree. He, he doesn't, he, he does things his way. It, to me, it's worked for him. His entire life is like, I'm gonna do things my way. That's how I succeed. That's how I get things done. I don't get kicked around by Nancy Pelosi, and I don't get kicked around by Chuck Schumer, and I don't get kicked around by the Democrats, and I don't get k- kicked around by AOC and the rest of the left-wing, semi deviations petty bourgeois liberals. I do things my way, and I'm going to do things my way, which I think is for the best of the country, better for the country. So that's just the way it works, and if you don't like it, shove it. And you know what? It has worked for him thus far look how much he's accomplished now I understand there's a lot of debates surrounding this thing with Syria but he has accomplished quite a bit so whether whether you whether you like him or not, Like I played the cut of the British parliamentarian, he will go down in history as being the first politician who's widely condemned for delivering on his promises. Why are you pulling out of Syria, Mr. President? I made that campaign promise. I said we need to get out of these endless wars. I said I was going to do it, and now I am. (laughs) It's Plain and simple. It's like, for instance, I remember back in the Clinton presidency when he reversed his position on Haiti and people said, what? What are you you doing? And, um, uh, well, you know, of course, what got um, George H.W. Bush? No new taxes. And the press harped on that. See, the thing is, the left-wing media, when a president follows through with their promises, depending on who it is, if they're conservative, they bash them. When he, For instance, Barack Obama followed through on Obamacare. I didn't agree with it, but I didn't bash him for doing it because he said he was going to do it. But the left all embrace it and said how wonderful it is. Yeah, the wall's being constructed. Why is the wall being constructed? Because Donald Trump said he was going to build the wall, and he is. Donald Trump said he was going to have a Muslim – well, they call it a travel ban – a Muslim ban, travel ban, and guess what? He has. Donald Trump said, I'm going to put import tariffs – uh, on these nations that are, are are screwing us up the butt, and guess what? He's doing it, and when he follows through with his campaign promises, what do they do? They attack him for following through. Instead of saying, okay, a lot of people disagree with this, but he did say he was going to do it, and that is where we are with Syria. So, Anyway, all right, I got to run. I'm Jeremy Lee. This is Mojo Five O Radio. Uh, this is Standing Ground. My email is standingground1776 at gmail.com, standingground1776 at gmail.com. Thank you, Scott McKay, my imaging director in New York. Th- thank you to my associate producer, field producer, Reagan Ronald, and thank you all for listening. Hope to talk to you again soon. Don't forget, you can catch my show uh, on Spreaker. You can go ahead. They're all cataloged, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, put in Jeremy Leahy, L-E-A-H-Y, or go simply to Apple iTunes, And you can listen there as well. All right. Till then, I'll talk to you guys at noon on Wednesday.
9: He was shaken up by it. And that's why uh, we couldn't continue in the meeting because he was just not relating to the reality of it. We witnessed on the part of the president was a meltdown. Sad to say.
6: Hey, Nancy, bite me.